Welcome to Tent Talk, the podcast with Nancy McCrady, where we talk about life under the big tent of God's presence and the provoking process of discipleship. Here we go. Hey everybody, welcome to Tent Talk. This is Nancy McCrady. I am ringing the bell to close out this series today. This is Ring the Bell 22.0. I pray that this closing episode will bring strong, strong encouragement to you to live in the power of your freedom, the power of choosing, that you would, by the same way and means that Jesus lived his life, making key, pivotal decisions that kept him in real-time engagement with the Father, that kept him moving towards the penultimate of his assignment of the cross, that he then might be resurrected, ascended, and pour out Holy Spirit so that you and I could be restored to the Father. Oh, my friends, it matters when we decide to obey the Father. But listen to this today, and I pray that you'll listen to it more than once so that you can understand what was it that fueled the very powerful decisions, the choosing that Jesus lived in, so that he might be able, by true discernment, he was able to make his decisions. Take a listen today. Share it with others. Utilize these 22 episodes and share them with other people. Encourage them, my friends. Give us a five-star rating. We would be ever so grateful here at Tent Talk because that's a part of how it helps to get the message out within social media is when people like it, when they share it, when they rate it, when they review it. My friends, it's just a simple way. I don't need you to say flowery, wonderful things about me. I'm saying about the message and helping me to be able to get that message out to as many as possible. So I pray that this closing episode of Ring the Bell will be so very encouraging to you and anyone that you share it with. So, love you all, and we will talk soon. All right, here we are. I am ringing the bell in this last episode of this podcast series, but I will not stop ringing the bell in the spirit and as much as I can through my voice and through all the discipleship projects of Nancy McCready Ministries, right? But we want to bring uh, this 30-day focus that we've been in. And so even though there are a couple of days left in September, I hope that you will use those couple of days to really, really recap what God has been saying to you in this month of September Uh, That was to get you ready for the days ahead. So in this last episode, I thought, what what can I say? What can I share uh, that has had such uh, profound influence on me throughout the years? And what I really sense that I'm to share today is out of a book that I use quite often with others. It's The Messenger of the Cross by Watchman Nee. And I am drawing from chapter three, uh, the power of choosing. So this goes right along with what we shared previously uh, here on Tent Talk in our most recent episode on the liberation of the will. How important this is. Do not allow yourself to be enslaved, my friends, where you give your power, if you will, uh, over to someone else. God has set you free, 
and let us stand in that freedom and not become enslaved again uh, into any bondage. We have to learn what it means to live in freedom. My friends, this is so very, very key. And there's a, there's a quote that I heard years ago that has proven to just encourage me so much. Um, and that saying is, God will put it within your reach, but he won't put it in your mouth. You see, when you're a baby, it's true, someone must bring your milk to you. But as you grow, you might be able, uh, right, to reach for the bottle. Um, But there comes a point when you know a child is maturing, when they begin to be able to pull up a seat to the table and they begin to eat table food. And I'm going to suggest to you that the table that I'm talking about is the Father's table. There is food there. Jesus said, look, guys, I got food I'm eating. You don't know anything about, but you will, right? Uh, I mean, I'm paraphrasing out of many conversations that Jesus would have with them. And there are times he said, there are conversations I would like to have with you, but you're just not ready. But I'm saying to you that all that we've been leading up to, to be able to even understand that God wants us to move in real-time engagement with him, that we begin to recognize that, we begin to take steps towards that, then we begin to realize that we've got to unhook from the whole human race as our source, and that through biblical forgiveness, we begin to receive the provision of the Father through the finished work of Jesus on the cross that is literally brought to us in all of its fullness by Holy Spirit himself in us as we choose. So this really has been the the underpinning of how is it that we that we move forward in real-time engagement. Well, it's like I choose to step onto the moving sidewalk uh, at the airport, and it's moving me along, and yet I am walking, right? There are decisions that I make that allow things to continue to move me in the direction with God and in the direction that God wants me to go. This is a part of what we talked about with metanoia. Metanoia, the Greek word for repentance, it's a striking change of mind, a striking thought, so powerful when it's given to you by God, the gift of real true repentance, according to 2 Corinthians 7, 9 and 10 in the Amplified Classic, brings a forever perpetual change and course of direction, which will have corresponding actions to it. This is not uh, human sorrow where I'm just sorry I got caught, sorry I got exposed, sorry I was found out. Um, where we only confess to as much as other people have already found out. I don't know if y'all know that or not, but (laughs) sometimes we get excited because we think people are actually confessing their sin, but actually what's happened is, is they've been found out. And so they just go on and say yes to whatever you've already found out. That doesn't mean they they're telling you everything. Uh, they do it in a time released way, but I digress. Okay. So this, this metanoia, 
the gift from God himself is so very powerful that it leads us into that place of realizing, wait just a minute, I am a free person in Christ. I get to decide what I'm going to submit to, who I'm going to submit to. I get to decide how I am going to live each and every day with him. This is how Jesus lived. So when I thought about what it would be to to close out this series, um, I thought this this is what I think I'm to do. The power of choosing. Chapter 3 in Messenger of the Cross. God puts it within my reach, but he doesn't put it in my mouth. God sets food on the table, and we get to decide if we're going to eat it or not. And that requires, see, the desire is in the spirit, is in the new man. That's in your nature already. Don't go around trying to feel like you want the will of God, right? No, now you're in the soul. No, in spirit, by new nature, you want I mean, come on now, this is a part of why we became born again, is to be like him, live like him, choose like him. So where would that come from? God doesn't leave it up to you to give, you know, to, let me see if I can say it this way. God doesn't leave it up to you to somehow produce zeal and passion for him and desire for him or even love for him. He provides all of that in the spirit. But then by the will that is within your soul, you have the volitional will, the opportunity now as a free person to now choose your master. You get to decide. You are no one's victim. And when you realize this, let me tell you, it's going to mature you. You're going to have to scoot your chair up to the table a little bit closer because you begin to realize Um, I can't keep blaming everybody. You see, Jesus did not live blaming. Jesus did not live as a poor victim of these mean people, right? The the, coming to, to die on the cross was God's idea. The father, son, and Holy spirit. That's their idea. They set everything in motion. Uh, the son of God decided he would come and become a human named Jesus, right? That he would come and he would live and prepare and grow and mature by his choices, by staying with the Father. That was his major choice, was to stay with the Father. Isaiah 7.15 says that he ate the butter and the honey all of his life. This is very, very key to your choosing. Quit trying to gut choose, you know, just like you're going to grind it out. My friends, this is not a grinding life that we're in. We're learning to live like Jesus, as as people were meant to live. And so we can freely choose. But what was fueling uh, Jesus' uh, choices, right? Because you see, everything was their idea. Even when Jesus stood there with Pilate, bloodied, Jesus basically said to Pilate, it's like, look, the only reason you're getting to do this is because my father you know, has determined it. And my will is his will. And, you know, Jesus all along the way, when they come to get him in the garden uh, after he's prayed and, uh, you know, Peter's pulling out his sword, cutting off people's ears, Jesus is like bending over, picking up the ear. He puts it back on the guys, kind of like, look, I'm sorry. Um, my guy Peter here, he doesn't really understand. This is our idea. Like no man comes to take my life. I'm here to give my life. And again, I'm paraphrasing, I'm pulling together the whole story, right? I'm not quoting specific scriptures, but I'm saying the gist of, of the whole um, way that Jesus lived is like, I'm here on purpose for this. 
Uh, no one's taking my life from me. I came to give it. Every day of my life has been getting me ready for this moment. And here comes Peter, his well-intentioned friend. Jesus did not allow the false comfort of his friend, right, that would have almost intimated that the father was being too harsh. This is too much. This is not the way. And Jesus had to say to Peter, hey, Satan, get behind me. He once said to Peter, Peter, you're minding the things of man, not the things of God. Now, listen, my friends, we're trying to get ready to live our life in these days upon the earth. They're your last days. I don't know when the last days will be. But you're in your last, you're closer to your last days, right? How will you live in your last days? Whether you have, you know, one more day or you've got, you know, 50 more years, how are you going to live? And Jesus made it clear all along the way in the choices that he made that he chose the Father at every turn. That's where the fullest expression of Jesus came about was as he continued to choose the father, the butter and the honey. And the butter and the honey is that the butter uh, is the richest and the honey is the sweetest. So the honey is the love of the father, the sweetest love of all. And the butter is the richest, which is the grace. So the very motivation and the ability for Jesus to live as he did was in the butter and the honey. The love of his father was the motivation and love for the father. And the grace, which is the very ability of God to live that way, right, is what enabled him to be able to do that. Jesus lived fully dependent upon Holy Spirit, who pours the love of God into us, who is our power, might, and ability. So you've got you, you, we've got to stop letting the Bible just be all these topics that we try to search out and, and teach, I mean, it's fine if you want to, you know, yes, 365 times in the Bible, it says, do not fear. That's awesome. You study fear. But are you ever in the big picture? Right? The Bible is not a topical study. It is the word of God where he reveals himself. He reveals the trouble of man. He reveals his solution of man to restore man to himself. Right? Do we ever back up far enough to see the big picture so that all the minutiae, all the minute details, right, have meaning only when they are found inside the big picture. And God, my friends, is the big picture. So we've got to understand that if this is how Jesus, the man, the son of man, lived, this is how we've been called to live. The power of choosing, my friends, you are no one's victim. It is possible, the word says, for us to oppose ourselves. We keep making choices that are actually working against us. And we all have areas where we're being challenged to look. But as we go forward, will you live in your freedom, your absolute liberty to continuously choose the Father as you go, which will cause you to continue to mature? So let me just quickly share with you, I'm not doing an in-depth a study on this out of chapter 3 in the book. But let me just go through and tell you. Here's, here's where Jesus, having eaten the butter and the honey. Mm, mm, mm. The butter is the richest and honey is the sweetest. And this stands for the grace of God, Ephesians 1.7. What does it say is the sweetest? 
right? As we move through, the sweetest is the love of God. And God places the riches of his grace and the sweetness of his love before Jesus for him to eat, and he puts it before us. He's actually put it within us. This is why it's so sad and so horrific to keep trying to earn the love of God, my friends. You don't earn it. You receive it. Let him love you. His love, it's not a feeling, his love is going to enable you to choose according to who you really are, to choose his will and to refuse the evil, even to refuse the good of man, the good of this world, that you might choose the Father. This is how Jesus lived. It wasn't just, oh, Jesus, he's so awesome. Look at his willpower. No. Jesus had a life of being loved, receiving love, never working for it, receiving the love of God, which isn't about a feeling. It's the person of God himself to receive the love that he brings to me. My friends is so beyond a feeling. It is a knowing. It is an intimate, personal, intimate knowing that no one will be able to take from you. No event on the face of the earth will ever be able to convince you again that you are not loved of God. It does something in you, my friends, that is so supernatural, so intense, right? That until you do it and receive it and choose it, right? You cannot understand what I am saying to you. You're still trying to feel and sense the love of God. No, you must know in the spirit realm. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will be able to love the sons of God, that they will turn to you. So here are the choices Jesus made. Number one, his early years in Luke 2, 41 through 51. Jesus chose in that time uh, to be about his father's business. He already knew the father at 12 years of age. He had this wonderful butter and honey. He was living in the richest and the sweetest. He was able to live in the will of God. Now, he also was able to go home with his parents and live another 18 years before he stepped out uh, in the public realm, right? That'll take some love right there. That just because you know who you are doesn't mean it's now time for you to strut around, right? Stay with the Father in how he's leading you. Choose him at every turn so that you can continue on and come into the ripeness and maturity of life. Because many of us haven't even yet reached what's the real ultimate of our uh, assignment, if you will. The lesser assignments have been preparing us for greater assignments. So don't, don't be discouraged, my friends. If you think your best days are behind you, that's like not possible. If your best days were behind you, you'd already be with the Lord, right? Your best days are ahead, and that's not some self-help motivational slogan. It's that... Your best days of walking with him and abiding in him are ahead of you. Everything you have been in and are in currently is propelling you towards uh, the ultimate of what it is that you and he are going to accomplish together for his sake, for what he's after. The second with Jesus is the baptism uh, in Matthew 3. John the Baptist says, Behold the Lamb of God. He takes away the sin of the world. Uh, but Jesus says to, to him, uh, listen, John, cousin, uh, uh, let's both do our part so that all righteousness can be fulfilled. 
Because there's John like, oh, I'm not worthy. Jesus is like, look, could we just do what we're supposed to do? I'm choosing my part. Could you choose yours? And eventually John bows and does it. It's like, praise God, he did it, right? Because Jesus said, this is my father's will. I'm choosing this, right? It is time. And Jesus chose that to identify. Jesus didn't need to be baptized because he he had no sin to be delivered from. He was there identifying with sin-infested mankind, right? Uh, because this was part of the, the, the daily choosing, the real-time engagement with the Father. This is not automatic pilot. So uh, there's so much I could share in these. But the third one is at the time of his temptation. Uh, you can read about that in Matthew 4, 1 through 10. The Holy Spirit, right, he's now been baptized, and the Holy Spirit now leads Jesus into the wilderness, and he will lead him out. But there is the time of temptation and testing that's going on in uh, Jesus's life as he moves through these very necessary moments of deciding. Because where Adam and Eve had chosen themselves, uh, Jesus had to pass through. He had to pass through these in reality uh, so as to keep moving towards becoming uh, the full and total sacrifice so that we could be restored to the Father. So Jesus, where Adam had chosen self, Jesus needed to pass through this time uh, that it might be seen and known that he always chooses the Father. In John 14, 30 and 31, Jesus said, um, I am in full agreement with my Father's orders. I want the world to know I, I love my Father. And how did, he, how did he show that love? Is that he was in full agreement with the Father's orders. So in the time of temptation, we see that Jesus continuously still living upon the butter and the honey, the love and the grace of God, that he continues on. See, this is real-time engagement, my friends. This is not a one-time thing. This is daily, hour by hour, right? That eventually becomes your habit. Remember, we talked previously about how by practice, right, we will habitually walk in the Spirit, and we will know how to discern. How is Jesus able to discern and make all of the proper timely decisions that he did is because he was trained by the love and the and the grace. He was trained by Holy Spirit. His mental faculties and his senses had bowed uh, by his decisions to the Spirit, Jesus was developed like you are being developed the same way. Number four, for time's sake, let me just go on. Number four is where Jesus reprimands Peter, and you can see this in Matthew 16. On many occasions, Jesus is making his way to Jerusalem. He's headed into the fullness of the will of the Father so that you and I could be restored to the Father by the full-bloodied, bludgeoning, uh, death of Jesus on the cross and in the fullness of the powerful resurrection of Jesus. That was our crucifixion and our resurrection, my friends. We were the ones who needed it. We were in the loins of Jesus. We went down as the old man in his loins. We come up in the resurrection in his loins as the new man. So don't, I don't want to get lost on that. So here we go. We need to understand the importance of the daily decisions that Jesus was making. They were very timely and very necessary. And this power of choosing real-time engagement with the Father is how Jesus lived, and it is how we are called to live. So when Jesus, in multiple occasions, uh, rebukes and reprimands Peter, he's letting Peter know, Peter, 
I don't need this kind of comfort. Oh, this could help so many people right now. Quit receiving the false comfort of of people who constantly try to say, yeah, you know, this is just so tough. I can't understand why God would let you go through this, you know, and it's like they're more kind, they're kinder to you than God is. My friends, we need to say, uh, please don't speak of my father that way. I may not fully understand what is going on, but my father is good. Now that needs to come from a deep place within the spirit, a knowing by the development of the life of Jesus in you. That's not your human loyalty to him. It means you're passing through the same developmental maturity markers that Jesus did. And that life that is yours now, the very life of Christ himself, who has these characteristics, who has this capacity, who has this within its nature, is now your life. You're one with them. And when you continue on this way, Holy Spirit produces the maturing of the life of Jesus deep within you, my friends. Mm. Oh, how we need this right now. Mm. (laughs) Anyone who brings false comfort to you that thinks they have to rescue you from God is under the delusional belief that they are kinder and gentler than God. I am better than God. I will be with you. I just don't understand why God would let these wretched things happen. Oh, my friends. We don't need comfort like that. I've had a few people in my life that I've had to say to them, "Uh, don't mess with my freedom. Do not come with something like that to me. Do not attempt to help me regress. I am on my way in maturing in his love. Ephesians 4.15, let us grow up enfolded in love. Faith is activated, my friends, and energized by the love of God, Galatians 5.6. You better know that when the enemy wants to send false comfort or you go out looking for false comfort, my friends, rather than the butter and the honey, right, that we are participating in something, which is why our faith is so weak, is so small, right? It's not because you don't have enough. It's because we do not receive the love of the father that is powerfully in the most stout, stout way going to literally invigorate faith in God. The love of God is what invigorates your faith in him. Oh, come on now. All right, let me move on to number five. At his transfiguration, there stands Jesus glowing. He's with Moses and Elijah, and he could have said, look, I'm, I'm done. Let's go, right? Let them all go to hell. I'm going back to heaven. No, he did not. He continued on. Here comes Peter again. Let's build huts up here. Let's stay here in the glory cloud. Jesus is like, Peter, I am on assignment with my father. We are going back down. That was a choice that Jesus made. That was a choice. He had unalterably set his face towards death because in that death, the dying of that death, he was going to remove every hindrance and barrier between mankind and the father. Jesus came to be the way, the truth, and the life to bring you back to the father, not get you to just heaven. Heaven is God's presence. Come on, my friends. Come on. Jesus, though he was talking with Moses and Elijah, about his departure that would come soon, he wasn't going to short circuit. He wasn't going to do it prematurely. Jesus wasn't looking for a rescue. He was looking for the resurrection. Mm. And only by the love, the true 
deep, experiential, unearned, undeserved, powerful love of the Father, and the very ability and grace and might that Holy Spirit brought to Jesus was Jesus able to endure, to remain, and to never flinch in the face of death, and to never deny the Father. My friends, we need the same exact thing. Jesus wasn't on automatic pilot. He was choosing, but all of the choosing he had done previously to stay with the Father, stay with the Father, drink deep, let the Father love me, living through all of that is what prepared him then to go deeper in that, and it literally had matured him. He was maturing through all of this. Number six, when Jesus entered Jerusalem, though they were applauding him and hailing him powerfully as he came in, right? In entering Jerusalem, he knew, I'm headed for the cross. This is where we can see, as Jesus said, um, you know, my soul is troubled, but what shall I say to this? This indicates how Jesus' heart and mouth consulted with each other. Mm, mm, mm. Will I say, Father, save me from this hour? But for this cause I came to this hour, Jesus said. Do you see how he was always lining up spirit, soul, and body? Do you see this? He said, even though my soul is troubled, what am I going to say? See, I am not my soul. I have a soul. So Jesus like, I am going to say whatever my father is saying, and I'm going to do whatever my father is doing, though my soul may be troubled. What shall I say? Your soul may be troubled today, my friends. There may be wounds. There may be chaos. There may be restlessness and boredom. But what shall you, new man, what shall you say? Because you are the one who makes the decision, not your soul. You by the soul, by the will that is within your soul, you can reach out and choose that which is true of you in the spirit at any moment. But you must exercise that choosing ability, that freedom, exercise your freedom towards the spirit today, that which is really true. Number seven was when Jesus was in Gethsemane in the garden. Matthew 26, 36 through 46. This is where he is making sure, is this the cup, Father, if this isn't it? Now, many times they've wanted to kill me. And once I discerned that was not the death that was going to bring all the sons home to you, I just slipped through the crowd. Not Don't need to submit to stupid, senseless, satanic sufferings. I'm looking for the suffering that is going to actually, the suffering I was actually prepared for over all of these years to endure, to accomplish the will of my Father. That is the only suffering, my friends, excuse me, that is the only suffering that we should ever be submitting to. I am not here to submit to the suffering that people just want to inflict on me. Now, if enduring that is going to uh, accomplish the will of the Father, then I will do that. But my friends, we must be very discerning to be able to make the proper choices. And discernment comes, right, when we are trained by practice, right, because we're eating the meat of his word. Every word that comes out of my Father's mouth, that's how Jesus met the enemy in the wilderness. I don't need to do something independent and separate to prove who I am. I will not come out of dependency upon my father. I will live by every word that comes out of his mouth. Get some mouth to mouth, my friends, going with you and the father. Turn to him. 
that he might speak to you. And I promise you, it's not going into your physical ear, into your physical brain. It is going spirit to spirit, deep calling unto deep. And then you spirit, you new man, you then communicate to your soul and your body and you tell your soul and your body, this is what is true. Because what shall I say, even though my soul is troubled, my heart and my mouth will consult with each other. My spirit will be, uh, who makes the final decision here. I will refuse the evil and the good of man that I might choose life with my father, the butter and the honey, my friends get in it, eat it, right? Uh, don't ever let go of him. And in Gethsemane, Here in the pinnacle of his choosing, Jesus discerns, yes, this is the cup. It has not passed as the others did, the other points of death where people wanted to kill him. I mean, you understand, they've been trying to kill Jesus since before he was born. I mean, Herod killed many, many children trying to kill the seed. Many times, Jesus, they they wanted to kill, kill. Good always wants to kill life when it shows up, my friends. Don't forget that. Religion's always going to want to destroy life. Don't side with the good and evil of man. Side with the life that is God himself. And in Gethsemane, finally, Jesus decides, and he knows, and he discerns, this is it. This cup I will submit to. This death I came for. This death I fully submit to. The cup which the Father gives me. Shall I not drink it? John eighteen eleven. The cup the Father has prepared for me. You see, a lifetime, a lifetime of decisions brought Jesus into the pinnacle of this. We, my friends, need the same thing. We are not here just to, you know, endure and grit our teeth. Will you be able to reject in full agreement with the Father? Will you be able to reject all of the wiles and outwittings of the enemy? Will you be able to discern when the bullets are flying? Will you be able to discern out of deep abiding fellowship with him how you're going to proceed? To stay in the fullness of obedience to the Father out of deep love, deep oneness, deep dependency. Remember, in the kingdom of God, your maturity is in direct proportion to your dependency upon Holy Spirit. It's not upon how many books you read a day. And that's awesome. I love reading books. But my friends, come on. Are you allowing the very life of Christ to be matured inside of you? That's your real life. That's your nature. But if it doesn't mature, my friends, it's not going to be able to accomplish anything. It's not going to be able to enjoy deep oneness and fellowship with the Father. Because His desire and His satisfaction is number one. Not mine. I find my deepest satisfaction in Him. So we need... Right? We need this power of choosing. But our choices must be based upon proper discernment. And you, I hope, are feeling completely overwhelmed at this moment, which is so awesome because then you realize, wait just a minute, I can't do all this. <laughs> that is so right. You were never meant to. Lean into Him at this exact moment right now as you're listening to this. If you're sitting in a chair, just lean back and realize He's the chair. Lean into Him. If you're driving your car, just lean over, put your elbow on the console there in between the the driver and passenger seat and just lean into that console like it's Holy Spirit. Come on. (laughs) Sometimes you got to do something physical, right? Just to realize, wait a minute, because 
Holy Spirit is in you, and you are a free person. You are a spirit, the new man. You can lean into him, and I promise you, he will speak to you. He will lead you. He will instruct you, rebuke you, correct you, and mature you into who you are to the Father, to the Son, and Holy Spirit. And then he will um, cause you to live out the assignment that he has written over you. And assignments can change. You know, they, they, they grow and evolve. And, and you can be to your generation who you were meant to be. Not the next uh, Christian sensation. Okay, could we give that up? Right, are you going to be able to reject the bowl of stew that the world is giving you? You can cloak it in as much Christianity as you want. But deep down, my friends, we, we need to let him be our everything. We need the butter and the honey. We need the sweetest, strongest love there is, the God himself. And Holy Spirit pours that love into us, Romans 5, 5. You don't work for it. You receive it. One of the most powerful things ever is, will you let him love you today? That's a decision. That's correct. That means that I can hear some of you thinking right now. That's right. That means you have to... Um, Give up all your efforts to earn love from people. You were never meant to have to work to make others love you. Hmm? Don't be euphoric because somebody throws you some crumbs of love. Hmm? Repent of that spiritual adultery. Repent of the lusting after the approval of others. The metanoia, the gift of God, I pray, is coming to you now. That you would turn away from mankind as your source and turn to the Father. Collapse into Him and say, Father, I repent. I turn to you. And I'm going to let you love me. Unearned, undeserved. And Holy Spirit, I'm going to lean into you, for you are my power, my might, and my ability. I want the butter and honey. I want to be able to live like Christ. My friends, that's why we exist, is for them. Hmm? Surely this is not radical to you, my friends. This is our real life. And we're in real-time engagement with the Father. And I'm ringing this bell, and I'm never going to stop ringing the bell, but I am going to stop this podcast series. Thank you, Jesus. What is it, 22.0 today, right? Four full weeks of Ring the Bell. I had someone just recently say to me they were going to take all of these episodes and they were using them as a as a, a means of a possible Bible study or being able to work with other people that they're discipling. I was like, wow, that is amazing. My friends, don't let these things just pass and be like, oh yeah, that was really awesome. What's next? <laughs> My friends, we're just continuing on in the same path. He's literally maturing us for the hour in which we live to move with him just like Jesus did. Believe it. Choose that. Because we want to be able to properly discern so that we can make our the, the best decisions so that they are timely, they are born of Him, it's in agreement with Him, it's in oneness with Him. He, my friends, will take very good care of those who let Him. Let Him love you. Let Him lead you. Let Him supply everything. You have the privilege 
and the right and the authority to live as a son. John one twelve. Let's do it, my friends. Let's set our face towards him and let him produce the sons for this hour of history. I'm ringing the bell for real-time engagement with the Father. Here we go. For more information on Nancy, please visit nancymccrady.com or follow her on social media at nbmccrady.com.